In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC. The hot stretch run begins with some serious stumbles. We got to be better scoring the ball down the stretch than also maintaining our really good defense that we, we, we had. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Hawks Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. I'm your host, Sarah Spencer, Hawks beat reporter for the AJC. And today we're going to be taking a big picture look at this team with just 26 games left in the regular season. And the Hawks having lost four of their last five, obviously a pretty big rough patch for this team. I can't believe there's only 26 games left, or maybe I definitely can Maybe I definitely can believe that there's 26 games left. I can't decide which one it feels like. Um, But a quick reminder before we begin that if you're listening to us for the first time, please subscribe on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And also, if you like what you hear, please rate, review, and share the show so we can continue to grow because as awesome as our start has been, we're still pretty new. So please help us continue to grow. I think... Probably the first thing to say at at the very top here is that the Hawks are obviously in a very different place than I think we all thought they'd be. Kudos to you if you had this pegged. I actually did not. I anticipated they would be doing quite a bit better at this point in the season. Obviously, no team's going to be perfect. No team's going to go to the Eastern Conference Finals every single year, but I did not expect this level of inconsistency, um, particularly when it comes to urgency and just just fight on the defensive end. So obviously they're going to have to start playing better just to be in the play-in tournament. That's that's where this team is at this point. They are in the play-in tournament right now as of we're recording this on Super Bowl Sunday evening. Um, So they are there in that 10th spot right now, but it's it's looking a little dicey and that margin is getting thinner and thinner. So um, they're going to have to pick it up to to stay in there and and also, you know, much less climb. Um, so the Hawks are 26 and 30 and on Sunday lost 105 to 95 to Boston. But that loss probably would not have looked so bad without a pretty brutal loss to the Spurs Friday right after the front office elected not to make a move at the trade deadline. We made a deal earlier, as you're aware, so it's not like we didn't do anything. Um, you know, but since we did that, I think our last 12 games were like nine and three. So we, we feel good about the impact that that had. We kind of have a set rotation now uh, of guys kind of know their roles. Um, you know, we looked at a lot of different stuff, but you know, we're comfortable with this group. Uh, we know this group has the ability to be successful that we saw last year, and we want to give them that opportunity to prove it to the world that they can do it again. I mean, that's an expression of, you know, faith and confidence on Travis Schlenk's part. That's GM Travis Schlenk on Friday talking about the decision to to keep everyone around, to keep this roster in- intact, having dealt uh, Cam Reddish to the Knicks about a month ago. 
as a reminder, if you want to go back and listen to our post-trade deadline panel episode, there's some good analysis in there. We had on Brad Rowland of Locked on Hawks, my coworker Michael Cunningham, um, who used to cover the team and now is a columnist. That actually aired before Travis spoke Friday, so we've still got a few updates from everything Travis said. He, he actually didn't say too much. He was pretty buttoned up um, for how Travis usually is. He's usually a little bit more open. But essentially what he said, his message was, as y'all heard, they felt comfortable that this roster is trending in the right direction. And, you know, sometimes this is going to happen, not just in life or not just in public comments, not just in or not just in public comments or or in sports, but sometimes in life, there's this kind of, you know, expression of confidence and then just plop, you know, something just goes wrong uh, as you, you know, the opposite of what you pr- predicted or were hoping for. And so those comments by Travis Schlank were followed up by a pretty dreadful loss to the Spurs um, later that night. That was a, a 21 Spurs team at the time. And the Hawks came out so flat and lackluster, like look up just lifeless in the thesaurus. <laughs> that was that was kind of them and that loss to, to the Spurs um, to the point where Nate McMillan even said this is a surprise. He also made a comment saying, you know, mentally, we just really weren't in the building for some of that game, which is, again, I mean, just the opposite of, of what you want at this point. Well, the opposite of what you want kind of ever, but particularly particularly this point in the season when you're hoping to be playing your best basketball and really positioning yourself very well for the postseason. I mean, that's something that starts day one, but the margin becomes the margin for error, you know, gets tighter and tighter and slimmer and slimmer as the the season goes on. And the Hawks went into that game against the Spurs as pretty heavy favorites. Um, they were healthy at that point and they dropped that game. They, they sort of looked asleep to start the game and now they've, they just, at this point, flash forward to the Boston game. They've now lost four of their last five. It will, I will say against Boston, it is worth noting that they did not have John Collins for Sunday. He's going to be out these last few games before the All-Star break um, with a right foot strain. And that was something he retweaked and that loss to the Spurs. So he was there for most of that game. But here's what John said Friday about the Hawks front office buying into this roster. We're built for the playoffs. We have depth. You know, I feel like it's all about, you know, not to be corny or cliche, but about believing in ourselves and uh, doubling down and understanding we, we can do this. We've done it before. and We just want to make it happen again in the best way that we can and uh, try to do it with the guys that we've done it with before. Obviously, the Hawks have done it before. They went to the Eastern Conference Finals last year, won two games. You know, and, and everything that John just said right there is is that's a great message. But the Hawks continue to be in, in a pretty tough position here. Um, you know, they had won seven straight not long after uh, Travis made that trade with New York, sending Cam Reddish to to the Knicks and sort of decreasing a little bit of a log jam when it comes to minutes. Um, and that that seemed to get them back on track. But now they're sort of off track again. Um, at a time when they really can't afford to be super off track. And as of Sunday evening, the Hawks are still in the 10th spot. Uh, they're a half game ahead of the Wizards. And again, this is this is Sunday right after that game against Boston uh, we are recording. Um, so a half game ahead of the Wizards, six games back from the sixth seed, which is the Celtics. Um, and I think, I, I do think, I've got to be fair that the loss to Boston, Boston has now won eight straight. The loss to Boston 
it's not an atrocious loss. I mean, Boston's beating everybody right now. It's the losing four of five right after um, you've said you want to finish this stretch before the All-Star break strong. And Nate McMillan has said multiple times, you know, every single game right now carries a ton of weight because the Hawks, it's still their goal to get into the top six in the Eastern Conference, which would put them out of the play-in tournament. But if they keep, you know, already that might be starting to get out of reach because even if you were to win at a super duper high clip, which has not been the case recently, but even if you were to win at a super high clip, you also have to hope that teams in front of you, you've already put yourself in a tough position, right? So you have to hope that a handful of teams in front of you stumble. Um, And right now though, the Hawks aren't going to catch anyone because they're not winning enough. They're not winning at a high enough clip. Um, So they're not going to carve into the standings um, playing like this. The loss to Boston was not – the first half was actually pretty decent. It was a pretty good first half, but then they gave up 42 points in the third quarter. And what they're really lacking right now on defense, like they have improved defensively lately compared to what they were doing earlier in the season. But the biggest thing they need – the offense has been up and down kind of clunky lately. The defense has been up and down. Lately, what they really need is is consistency, and Nate McMillan spoke about that after the loss in Boston. I thought we were playing a, a good, solid game in that first half. Uh, defensively, uh, we were doing the things we needed to do, keeping them in front, uh, you know, making them score over the top. Our defense was really good. I thought our offense had good ball movement. We were attacking. So the first half was really good. I thought the, uh, you know, that third quarter, uh, we – got distracted by, by the officiating, uh, got ourselves into the pen. They, they got into the penalty early and uh, they had a 42 point quarter. And I thought that was uh, the difference uh, in the game. We just was not able to uh, recover from that. Tonight we really played really good defense until that third quarter, even in the fourth quarter, only allowing 18 points. We played really good defense three of the four quarters. You just got to stay solid throughout the four quarters and we got to do a little bit better offensively, especially down the stretch. Only scoring 17 in the fourth isn't good enough. So that's Trey Young uh, talking a little bit about consistency as well after the loss to Boston. So the Hawks were held to 40 points total in the second half. Jason Tatum got red hot. Um, DeAndre Hunter picked up his fourth foul early in the third quarter, um, sat for a good bit in the third quarter, and that's when Jason Tatum really started to heat up. And I believe it was 25 of his 38 points came in the second half. So they just let they just let Tatum get hot and he took off and the Celtics went with him and um, they could not get back in this game. Um, This game was also it had some tough calls both ways. Honestly, obviously, whoever you're whoever you're rooting for, that's who you're going to see getting the wrong calls. Um, But I kind of thought there were some some odd calls both ways and. Nate McMillan, you heard him talk about the Hawks getting distracted by officiating, which can eat into their focus, particularly defensively. But there have been several games this season where both sides of the ball suffer because the Hawks, you know, as a game gets chippy, as you feel like calls aren't going your way, it's very frustrating. I I hear that. Um, But you also can't let that beat you. You can stay mentally locked in even when things are it's not sometimes. No, it's not fair. You know, sometimes a call is wrong, but you can still stay locked into the best of your ability and give your team, you know, the best chance to 
best chance to maybe not, maybe win, maybe at least just, you know, set yourself up to stay in the game and potentially win. Um, But that was not in the cards for the Hawks. um, And they've now lost four of their last five. So a a very tough stretch for Atlanta here, who's sort of putting, they've still got, you know, they've still got the all-star break, the all-star break that they've only got one player who's going to be participating. Trey Young is going to be an all-star starter in addition to uh, participating in the three-point contest, but everybody else is going to be able to get some rest. And um, two games before that, uh, before going into the All-Star break, so uh, they they can't look ahead, but it's fine for me to. <laughs> it's fine for me to talk about it. And um, I think that, that that break is going to be really key for them to get a little bit of rest and just regroup because they're going to need to finish much stronger than this um, to position themselves well. So that's something that they definitely need to focus on moving forward. This is the Hawks Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song and celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents Hip-hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop store. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants your rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny. One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop. One of the reasons we are able to bring you this podcast for free is because of subscribers to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. It's the fuel that powers our journalism, and we're currently offering unlimited digital access to the AJC for just 99 cents for your first month. So go to subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast so you can know what's really going on. That's subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast to get unlimited access to the best journalism in Georgia for just 99 cents for your first month. All right, so let's get into our mailbag segment. And as y'all know, this is, uh, I don't even want to say quickly becoming my favorite part anymore, because like I feel like we've done this a good bit, and I feel like we all kind of know each other. So this is just my favorite part. I'm just going to come out and say it, um, because I like hearing straight from you guys. And I also get to bring in producer Jay and his booming radio voice. You really love the people, don't you? I, because they're the best, and they made it all the way through this episode. Well, not all the way. We're still yes. doing it, but but yes, no, it's the best part. I love it, and I'm I'm just I don't know. It's just sometimes it just hits me like people listen to this thing, like human beings <laughs> listen to this podcast. You know, they're like driving to work, or they're sitting. You know, they're folding laundry, doing their human things, and then they're listening to this podcast at the same time, and it's just all a little surreal. So yes, I just. You know, I know the Hawks are struggling right now. Sorry to be a little giddy, but whatever. I like the mailbag segment. Well, I, I will warn you this this will not be the happiest. Um, yeah, I know. Mailbags. I'm gonna. It's gonna be. We're gonna br- be crashing down to earth here soon. Yeah. All right. So uh, JV uh, at all ABT the Hawks says I'm too mad to even have questions. Sean <laughs> Matthews just simply says why with a half a dozen whys. And the Atlanta analyst at Chauncey Gamer says, are the Hawks seriously planning on making the playoffs? I also love the guy who's like, what's at InfoHound? Not a question, but the Hawks are proving the non-believers right. <laughs> I just, y'all, y'all are not happy. And I hear it. And I understand it. And I think it's fair. I also think the Hawks are not 
super duper thrilled, but um, but a lot more <laughs> of what's going on is in their control than y'all's. Um, and I think that's part of the reason why people get frustrated is, I mean, there's nothing you can do about it. It's this team that you, this team that you love and you're just, you know, frustrated, pissed off. Um, one, uh, one woman sent me, or I think it was a guy who was talking about one of his, um, family members who had been a season ticket holder. And they were like, do we even keep our season tickets? Like we're so frustrated with what's going on right now. And I get it. I'm not here to tell you not to be mad. Um, I'm really not. I think it's, I think it's, you know, justified, but I will say that at the very least it could, is it annoying to say it could be worse? (laughs) Jay, is that (laughs) annoying? Because it could, because it legitimately could. I mean, you could not even be in and it, it, it makes it the context of going to the Eastern conference finals last year makes this sentence frustrating because the, the obvious point is you had all the talent and you have the capability to go as far as you did last year. Why can't you do why not, not even the exact same. Why can't you just compete better this year? It's fair. It's fair. But independent of that, at least this team is in the play in tournament and, you know, in the hunt and we'll see where they end up. Um, 26 games is not exactly zero. So there is still time for them to improve. They're going to need to get some help. But I hear everybody who's frustrated, I promise. I'm not here to be like everything is rainbows, sunshine, unicorns, daisies. It's not. Um, but it could be worse. And they've still got a little bit of time to to work with here. It's all hope is not lost. If they can, if they can stay healthy, you get John Collins back, get a little rested after the All-Star break. Um, I do think this team, they're going to have to buckle down. I think a lot of this might even be more, you know, mentality of just getting consistency on defense. They've shown that they're capable of it, but it's can you do it night in and night out. So everybody, I hear you. Um, and it's frustrating, but they're not done yet. They're not done yet. What is it that they said in the Ted Lasso? Ted Lasso, it's the hope that kills you. I have not seen Ted Lasso. I'm embarrassed to say. I'm and surprised. I get I know, I know, because doesn't it seem like I would love that show? Yes. Uh, yeah, like it seems like it would be like my my favorite show. Um, anyway, I'll watch Ted Lasso and let y'all know what I think. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back to the mailbag. This is from Wad. Is it time to blow it up in the off season? And we might not win another game till after the All Star break? Question mark. No, it is not time to blow it up. Normally, when people say blow it up, that means a rebuild comes afterward. The Hawks already rebuilt for several years. It is, it's not time to blow it up. It might be time if you get to the end of the season. And, and Travis actually, GM Travis Schlank, spoke about this um, when he, he didn't say too much, but he did say this um, when he spoke Friday post not making any moves at the trade deadline. Um, he did mention, you know, there's two times when you make, for, for the most part, you know, as far as big, portions there's there's two times when you assess your roster and make changes and it's at the trade deadline and obviously you know during free agency in the offseason um so I do think that yes of course like if the if you keep putting xyz into a formula and it keeps coming out the Hawks are losing they'll make changes you know that they'll 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 have to if this roster can't gel and if they can't get enough defensive production they will probably have to make changes. I mean, I shouldn't say that they definitely 100% will, but it stands to reason that they would if 
the Hawks either keep sliding and finish the, if they just really fizzle to finish the season, because the Hawks have said pretty much everyone has said that they're done rebuilding. So no, I don't think you blow it up, but I think you, um, if the Hawks really, really struggle and kind of, you know, limp into the, the off season, then I definitely think that would be a time when you make some serious decisions about what you need and what you're willing to give up in order to make the roster better. Um, he did he say will we win another uh, game before the All Star break because the Hawks do play Orlando <laughs> and Orlando <laughs> is as y'all know not not the best this year so that's an opportunity they do also host Cleveland and Cleveland gives them Cleveland is a huge surprise this year and gives them huge fits with their size um, but at least you catch them at home um, so. Um, if I had to guess, I would say the Hawks can can get another win before heading into the uh, heading into the All Star break, which is good because I don't think you want to. I feel like I've said the word fizzle thirty times, so sorry if I keep saying that. But you don't want to. You want to go into the All Star break with at least a little bit of energy here. You know, you don't want to go on such a bad note. Um, so hopefully, for Hawks fans, hopefully they can at least um, get another win here going into the break. All right, this next one's from Quan, and Quan also has a lot of people asking a very similar question. Okay. How do we develop rookies when we don't play them? Okay, I understand this question, and I'm very glad that they asked this. Um, I got I get questions like this all the time, like all the time. <laughs> it's got to be at least like multiple times a day about Jalen Johnson and Sharif Cooper not playing a ton of minutes. I understand people are frustrated by that. I understood it a little bit more when the Hawks were struggling so majorly to start the season, just because sometimes I think just because like, I I understand if they're struggling, Hey, why not at least give it a whirl? Why not give this person a whirl? And there are times when I don't completely disagree. Like there, there have been a few times when I'm like, ah, you might as well, Maybe give Sharif Cooper a few minutes here or maybe give, uh, you know, Sharif Cooper maybe a little bit more just because Lou Williams was struggling a lot um, in the first half of the season. I think that Jalen Johnson is not really going to play much. Uh, I know Nate has said he'll be he's skilled enough to be able to play the three, the four and the five right now, though, he doesn't really play much of the three. So you're not going to play him over like, let's say, John Collins at the four. DeAndre Hunter can play the four. Um, I don't think that you would put Jalen in at the four over those guys. And also if you're putting him in at the three, when he hasn't really played at that, you know, he hasn't played that at the NBA, in the, at the NBA level much. Um, I think that would be a tough position to put him in. I think that those guys are both talented and I think they have bright futures and I think they are, you know, fun, young, energetic players. And they are getting playing time. I know it's at College Park. I know it's the G League. I know people want to see them play with the you know, Atlanta Hawks. But I don't think it's fair to say they're not getting any minutes because they are playing. They're playing a ton, which is better than them coming to the Hawks and not getting as many minutes. Um, I, I think it's good for them to be able to develop and get a lot of time in the G League. Um, it, are there some instances where I could see should these guys, should you give them a whirl? Should you give them a, a, a whirl, you know, in the NBA? Yeah, I can see there being some times. I don't think that the only time they should, you know, ever play is garbage time. But I'm also not the coach. 
Nate McMillan is the coach. Um, I'm pretty underqualified. Um, and Nate is an old school guy who has said, you know, we're not, we're not playing guys to develop them. We're playing guys We're we're playing to win now again with the context that they're struggling. I understand the pushback. I really do. Um, will it happen? I don't know that I see it happening much. Um, I understand folks wanting to play more. They're getting a lot of time in the G league, which is awesome. Are there some scenarios where I would probably throw them out there for a little bit? Yeah, um, but Nate has really not given any indication that that's what he'll do. So I understand the frustration, and I hear you, but I'm not sure I see it changing much this season, unfortunately. All right, last one from C-Double. Why stay pat if these are the defensive efforts we are getting? Also, when did past success ever guarantee a playoff spot for this year? Okay. Uh, two good questions, two good points. Past success does not guarantee a playoff spot. That is not the algorithm. <laughs> that's not, that's not how that works. Um, you have to earn it every year, starting from a blank slate. Typically, if you achieve big success the year before and have nearly an identical roster, does that typically mean that you're going to, that you're capable of success? Yes. Um, I mean, the Hawks aren't, you know, it's not like they're, it's not like they're winless or anything, but are they underperforming? Yes. Are they playing to their potential? No, not right now. Um, so past success does not guarantee a playoff spot. Um, and I actually started thinking about that when kind of toward the the beginning of the season, um, not to pick on Trey at all, because I mean, Trey's an all-star starter for a reason. And I think he's, he's a sensational player. Um, but he, he said one or two things about how, you know, we're not the hunters this year, we're the hunted. And I get what he's saying there, which is that teams have so much film on you now. They have seen you go on this long run. You know, they're coming for you a little bit more. I, I do think that's fair to say. So I get what he's saying there. But you've, you're, but you're also still the, you're also still the hunters, you know, because you haven't won at all, you know, and you gotta. I think there's a, a way to be, you know, both. Like as you get better, teams are gonna come after you more and more. But you know, you're also still the every year, you know, you're the hunters trying to, trying to do your best and trying to, to win it all. Um, as far as his first question, it was, was it about Jay? Was it about defensive effort and not? Okay, so okay, so it was about, so it was about why stand Pat. Why not make a move at the deadline if this is the defensive effort the Hawks are are giving? Um, so another fair question. This person, great great questions by this person. Um, sometimes I think y'all see my notes ahead of time or something um, because y'all always have awesome questions. So the defensive effort has been super inconsistent as we have talked about several times on this episode. However, and it doesn't seem like it. It doesn't look like it. I know they just gave up like 136 points to the Spurs. So that might mess up the metrics quite a bit. That's going to skew things. But the Hawks are actually the defense, the defensive numbers as far as like their defensive rating and a few other defensive metrics since they basically since mid January, they are actually quite a bit better. Um, the game against the Spurs was very bad. Um, even I even against Boston, yeah, like, yes, that third quarter was atrocious. Um, giving up 105 points to Boston is is not the worst. I, I think that 
I think that de- the defensive effort, that's actually something Travis Schlank, again, that just the timing of, of everything is just real rough. Um, but Travis Schlank actually praised the Hawks' defensive effort when he spoke just Friday. I mean, isn't it crazy how things change, you know, and, and one game happens and, you know, there's recency bias, justifiably so, because these are two rough losses. They, the loss to the Spurs was very, very bad. Um but overall, the defensive numbers have been a little bit better. Um, I think that DeAndre Hunter has has not been great offensively, um, but he does help on the perimeter. Um, but it's a fair point. Is that enough? Because the perimeter defense has been rough pretty much all year long. So is DeAndre Hunter, you know, kind of being your go-to defender, I mean, I think I think DeAndre Hunter is good. I think he's going to get better the more that he can stay healthy and, and get some consistency there. But do you just need more help defensively? You know, should you have gone after a defensive wing with size who you can sort of pair with DeAndre Hunter? Um, I think maybe that was sort of the plan with Cam Reddish. But obviously Cam had asked for a trade. Um, he was super inconsistent offensively, defensively this year was a little bit rough as well. So the cam thing just unfortunately didn't work out, but you did lose kind of, you did lose a guy who that was sort of the plan, you know, to help you defensively. So I think that that's a great question. And I think it's one that we'll see how the Hawks finish the season and then they'll have to answer that as far as, you know, should they have stood Pat? You never know what the asking price was. And you always have to remember that. But I think that we'll see how the Hawks finish the season and if they need to, you know, reevaluate defensively and perhaps, you know, make some roster tweaks, then then we'll see then. Um, I think a lot is probably going to hinge on my opinion is that, you know, you got to get into the all star break. You got to take a beat, kind of recollect yourself a little bit and then see how this team finishes the season, because obviously they're already um, underperforming where a lot of folks, including myself, thought they would be. But it's not over yet. It's not over yet. I know sometimes after one loss, it can feel like already the season's over and, you know, blow it up and whatnot. But um, Trey Young is still fantastic. He's a fantastic offensive player. The Hawks do have a, a good roster. Um, you know, you, that loss in Boston, you didn't have John Collins. Injuries happen. What happens if you have him, you know, in that game? Who knows? Who knows? Um, those are some great questions, Jay. That was, I'm very. Don't give me credit, though. I, I just picked them out. They asked him. I just picked them. <laughs> no, and I have the proof. I have the proof because they respond to my Twitter. So I know, <laughs> I know that you didn't just, didn't just pull them out of your hat. Um, but yeah, everybody, thanks so much for sending in questions. That's my favorite part of this whole thing. I mean. Look, I love the whole podcast, and I'm having a ball uh, doing this whole thing. But this whole operation is great. Um, but the mailbag segment's definitely my favorite because I actually get to chat with y'all. Um, and if you're, if we didn't make it to your question um, this week, like please keep sending them in because hopefully I can streamline my process here a little bit, and maybe if I ramble a little bit less next week, we'll be able to answer more. Um, but no, super grateful for everybody who sends in questions. It really. Um, it really means a lot. So, okay, looking ahead, the Hawks only have two more games before the All-Star break at home versus Cleveland Tuesday and then in Orlando Wednesday. Um, so you kind of have a tough back-to-back there, but at least you're <laughs> at least you're at least you can rest up afterward. Um, Cleveland tends to give the Hawks trouble. 
Uh, but if you're the Hawks, like, you know, like we, like we talked about in the mailbag segment, you really want to follow through and try to finish strong here because you don't want to go into the all-star break, um, feeling super down. Uh, so we'll have another, another episode for you guys Wednesday with a very special guest. And I'm really pumped for y'all to hear this one. This one's going to be really, really awesome. So please don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, listen, all that good stuff. And thank you guys again for listening to the Hawks Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution.